On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a notable Tesla name turns up at a Los Angeles supercharger driving what may be a performance Model 3. Plus, non-Tesla-owning Model 3 reservation holders continue to wait for their invitation to configure, Elon Musk gets a fascinating new compensation package from Tesla, and much more. Howdy friends, Ryan McCaffrey joining you here on January 28th, 2018 for episode 130 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. I'm joined as always by Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who is doing right now what I can only describe as having somehow turned the back couch cushions and and back of the couch into her own personal hammock. She's kind of in a, in a sort of a U-shape <laughs> with a, with a, like a cushion underneath her, her head on the other cushion, her legs sprawled out. It's uh, I actually just tweeted a picture of it. If you're curious, you can go to my. I'm sure it'll be a few days old by the time you end up hearing this podcast, or at least a couple days old. But if you go to, if you just click on photos or media, I guess is the tab. You'll find it pretty quick. The picture I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, hope your January has been treating you well. Your 2018 so far. Uh, it's been. An interesting week in Tesla news, and I want to get started right away with another sighting. You know, you guys, a lot of you don't care, but this is, some of you do, and this is right up my alley. I've been, I've been tracking this, obviously, probably closer than anyone else in Tesla land, and that is, of course, the 20-inch Stiletto, formerly Sport, wheels. So, uh, as all of you know, I've been fawning over them since they were first unveiled on the Silver Alpha prototype back on the reveal event at March 31st, 2016. Well, they have turned up again, and something more may have, in fact, turned up as well. Thing is, though, they haven't just turned up on any old Model 3 or on eBay or on anything else. Tesla's own chief designer, yes, Franz von Holzhausen himself, was spotted getting out of a red Model 3 at an L.A. supercharger earlier this week by somebody on the Tesla Owners Los Angeles Facebook group, uh, Facebook group, pardon me, so credit there. This car, what makes it interesting, is not only did it have the coveted, coveted by me, 20-inch stiletto wheels, but it also had red brake calipers, and one other curious item on it. On the upper part of the trunk, you know, of the rear-facing side, you know, where the the T logo trunk badge would go, that had been replaced by the letters T-E-S-L-A, that uh, is how it is on both the original and the next-gen Roadster prototype. So some modifications to this car uh, or just testing out some new stuff. So this led a lot of folks to quickly speculate that Franz was in fact testing a performance model given both the larger wheels and those red brake calipers, which as many of you know, have traditionally signified that it's a performance vehicle on the other Tesla models. Though I will note, you can, if you want them bad enough, 
you can order those red brake calipers separately for your S or your X from Tesla's web shop. Uh, they are $2,300 for the set if you want them bad enough. So about 600 bucks approximately, not quite, so almost 600 bucks per caliper. But uh, what what's interesting about this car, or at least what was pointed out to me very kindly by one of the moderators on the Tesla Motors Club forum, when uh, a, a group of people, including myself, I jumped into the thread, were, were trying to figure out what was going on with this car. Well, this moderator, who goes by the, the username TEG, he kindly, he or she, I actually don't know, uh, the, the moderator kindly pointed out that the car had what was almost certainly the same license plate as Franz's original first run July 28th single digit VIN Model 3, which is also a red car. So uh, while it is entirely possible that Tesla took his car and ripped out the motor and threw a performance motor in the back and a second motor up front uh, and then did the, the wheels, swapped out the wheels and the brake calipers to go with it, that seems like a little bit of a stretch where if Tesla were going to test a performance uh, variant, they would not rip apart Franz's car to do it. They would build a new car. So thus, so the license plate to me, you know, again, we don't, we'll, we just don't know for sure. And unfortunately, I guess what could have also gone a long way with this is if the photographer, the fan that, that uh, shot this, that took the pictures, because there were several pictures, would have, uh, they clearly got close enough, pretty close to the car to take these shots. They did not document the VIN number of the car, but I suspect it's, Franz has got to have like VIN 4 or 3 or, you know, somewhere very, 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 very low. So it would have been nice to, that that could have sort of helped cement this theory. But nevertheless, uh, and again, uh, what I was saying is I think it's more likely than not that this is just Franz's regular rear wheel drive Model 3. And he's simply taken the liberty of uh, of getting his own car customized with those 20-inch wheels, the brake calipers, and then doing the, the Tesla lettering across the back instead of the T-logo badging. Now, the one thing I think we can definitively say out of this is that those 20-inch wheels are going to happen. I know I've said that before, but honestly, my enthusiasm for this renews and grows with each new bit of evidence. Uh, these have now been spotted on a release candidate at a supercharger out on the East Coast. They've been spotted uh, on a car at the test track, that car in Fremont. That car also had had red brake calipers. Uh, it's been They've been spotted. There was this, the set that showed up on eBay that somebody purchased, uh, and now here on Franz's car. So uh, I feel like that they are coming there's just no way they'd be making this many appearances unless they were going to be real. They were going to be offered and sold. So I, I think that Franz grabbed an early set for himself because he likes the look of it. And and there you go. I think that's my take on it. So if you, uh, I will say this though, if, if you happen to look at the pictures, if you go online and look at the pictures, if you just don't look at the black interior, if you just look at this car from the outside, it's pretty much exactly the configuration I want externally. Multi-coat red with the 20-inch stiletto wheels and the red brake calipers. If I may say so, 
the it just in at least in the pictures I can't even imagine in person uh, the pictures make it look fantastic. So uh, speaking of dual motor Model Threes, though, something a little bit more definitive than simply speculation about a car that Franz was driving popped up this week. Tesla registered 19 dual motor vehicle identification numbers, better known as VINs, VIN numbers. They are VINs 8370 through 8388. This was discovered by David Ainsworth and posted by the Twitter account at Model3VINs. So credit where credit is due there. Uh, I saw reports on this stating that this meant that the all-wheel drive cars were imminent because of this. And and I have to say, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, that's what I very much want to happen, and a lot of people want to happen that are, that are waiting on that dual-motor car. But this is almost certainly, m- my bet is on this being a test fleet of cars, not anything that's going to any consumers, even like even Tesla employees. I think this is probably a test fleet Given the fact that they uh, the, those VINs are not only batched, um, that's not necessarily telling unto itself. But the fact that it's only 19 of them, you know, that's not a huge amount. So that's probably enough for their internal testing purposes, for the engineering team, um, for you know various teams within Tesla to do their thing and and test them out. Uh, what else did I want to say? In this oh so yeah I mean. The final point here would just be, obviously, yes, of course, those all-wheel drive cars are on the way. Uh, and the still the current t- estimate on the Tesla website is spring of 2018. And just, you know, seeing seeing these VINs, though, seeing this pop up, I mean, it is great to see. I just want to caution people. I wouldn't get too excited about it yet. Spring is technically two months away, just under two months away. And uh, again, we are we are dealing with Tesla time. We must all humbly remember that that thing, just as soon as the the uh, the vernal equinox <laughs> happens doesn't necessarily mean that the dual motor cars are going to start rolling off the line. Hopefully, it does mean that. But that is uh, we got to keep those expectations tempered a little bit. Speaking of keeping expectations tempered, it would seem unfortunately that. All, seemingly all existing Tesla owners with a Model 3 reservation are going to get invited to configure their cars before any of the non-owners. I don't say that definitively. Uh, I'm just going off of a little bit of anecdotal evidence this week because here's what I can tell you. A friend of mine that is a Tesla owner but didn't put his Model 3 reservation down until July of 2016, uh, that person got invited to configure their Model 3 this week. Uh, and then there were a number of other reports that people that, that didn't have day one reservations, uh, owners, by the way, Tesla owners that didn't have day one reservations, like another, another wave of folks with, you know, April whatever reservations but got configured. But my friend, a July reservation, and he was invited to configure his car. So, uh, as a, as a non-owner and obviously non-employee, this, this is a little bit concerning to me. I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, until my delivery window changes on the, my Tesla site. And by the way, my first production 
uh, estimate do- still says December to February, and we're we're getting awfully close for them to have any chance of making that. But uh, I'm not gonna freak out until that until that delivery window changes. But uh, it it would st- seem that us non-employees and non-owners. We, we really are flying coach on this flight, my friends. We are flying coach, and, you know, it is what it is. I, I certainly don't disagree with, with rewarding the Model S and X owners for helping the company get to this point. I mean, I, 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 there's no, you know, undisputably fair way to do it. You know, there's always going to be people with different opinions. Uh, I personally would have liked to have seen some sort of cutoff or balance, you know, of, of the people that that camped out overnight and don't have a Tesla already and don't work for the company. I mean, those people clearly have the passion and the enthusiasm. It would be nice to see them get invited to configure while the, you know, while we're still in the early days and they can they can be, you know, have the chance to be the first on their block and share that enthusiasm and, uh, of course, get that be eligible for that full $7,500 federal tax credit. So we'll see how things go. I mean, I, I genuinely think, I know I've said this a couple times before, that I thought, I figured sort of just ballparking it that if Tesla was going to have any chance of of making its window, at least with me specifically, again, even though I am going to defer for all-wheel drive, but uh, they would have to send me the email to configure by about the end of January and... Well, I'm recording. It's the end of the night here on January 26th as I record. So uh, I would think that the clock is is rapidly approaching. Uh, we're in the 11th hour on that for them to not have to slip to March on me. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, we, it's 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 going to be you know it, it'll take some time. We'll get there. We're all trying to be patient, but. It is, t- it is tough to be patient sometimes, you know. You want Everybody wants these cars. That's a good problem to have for Tesla. All right. Uh, next up, while we're talking Model 3, this applies to those of you who have already taken delivery of your cars, but is also relevant information for those of you who have not. Tire Rack ha- uh, now officially has the Model 3 in their system. And the reason I mention this is, uh, of course, so you can go in and price tires because that is good information to have. You can see maybe the cost. If you're trying to decide whether to order your car with the 18s or the 19s, you can compare the tire costs there. Maybe you want to price out snow tires, uh, or maybe you just want to see what your different options are for whichever of the two sizes you are going to go with. So head on over to Tire Rack anytime, and you can just punch in Model 3 and go from there. Uh, and by the way, another yet another ho- Model Three housekeeping note: display cars for you to sit in and check out and drool over are now at five new locations this week. Uh, they are in San Diego. There's a car there f- to check out. Newport Beach in the Fashion Island Mall. Uh, my old stomping grounds in the Phoenix area, Scottsdale. The Scottsdale, Arizona store has a Model Three. There's one in Washington, D.C., the location there, and in Dallas as well. So I invite you all, I encourage you all to go forth 
and get a look at this beauty in person, which by the way, I'm sure it's no doubt gonna be the first time that many of you get to actually see the car in person, which even the thought of that, it makes me excited for you. I mean, I was so lucky to get to go to the March 31st reveal event in 2016 and and seeing the car and being able to obviously ride in it, that was, it was so special. Uh, I just, but I can absolutely relate to, to not having done anything but be able to look at pictures and videos for the last, you know, almost two years now, uh, and find, you know, because seeing it in person is a different animal altogether. Uh, I think that's probably true of just about any car. It's certainly true of this one. You know, seeing the lines in person for yourself, the size, the proportion, being able to sit in it and touch it. Um, if you, by the way, if you are in that position where you are going to a showroom to see Model Three for the very first time, I would love for you to call in with what you think, good or bad. If the car disappoints you in some way, I think that's very valuable feedback for the audience to have as well. But would love to hear from folks if you are out there in one of these now, what, like 12 different locations across the country taking a look at Model 3 in person, do call in about it. Uh, I'll give you the, the call-in info later, but just as a reminder, you can, you know, the, the maybe the easiest way is to simply record the question or, or record your impressions on your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and then email that file to me. My email address here is Podcast at gmail.com. You can also call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline, leave a message anytime, day or night. You can call in 24-7. That toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. The other big item of Tesla news this week was no doubt revolving around Elon Musk himself. He has a proposal that's been put down by the board, by the company, on the table. It'll be voted on on February 7th, which, by the way, is, is going to be a relevant date that I'll mention here in a bit. But there is a proposal on the table that is waiting to be approved. I suspect the odds are good that it will be approved, that Elon Musk would get a new 10-year compensation package from Tesla in order to keep him at the company, keep him as CEO. And I will tell you, if you have not heard about this this week, it is this compensation package is nothing if not extraordinarily ambitious, uh, just like Elon Musk himself is. The compensation package is based entirely on the value of the company. Uh, he gets Elon's going to get no salary, no bonuses, and no time-based equity either for you know sticking around four, five, six, seven, eight years. So the goal, the ultimate goal, is for the company to be worth. $650 billion before all 12 of these stock option tranches would vest, which would net Elon uh, in the ballpark of $50 billion, uh, which is 30, it's 30% of the company's total shares of stock is what he would be entitled to. Now, when you hear that, when you hear numbers like that, the company valuation, just to put that in perspective, the market cap today, it's roughly a $57 billion company right now. So you're talking $650 billion 
dollars. That's uh, quite a substantial increase over where we are today. But before you laugh that off, and I don't think any of you are because of what I'm about to say, and that is remember who we're dealing with here. <laughs> we're dealing with Elon Musk, a, a person whose entire career uh, has been spent redefining what's possible and what's impossible and rewriting the rules for what can be done. So, and beating the, not to mention beating the odds. Uh, so as I mentioned, that full package, if Elon hits, if, if the company hits all the goals, would give Elon 30% of the company's total shares uh, and be worth, you know, upwards of 50 plus billion dollars. There was a statement on this from Tesla's board and they said, quote, for vesting to occur when the milestones are met, Elon must remain as Tesla's CEO or serve as both executive chairman and chief product officer, in each case with all leadership ultimately reporting to him. So that does give, the, give Elon the option of putting in a CEO underneath him to sort of manage more day-to-day -day things should he so choose. But uh, continuing with the Tesla board statement... Although there is no current intention for this to happen, it provides the flexibility as Tesla continues to grow to potentially allow Elon to focus more of his attention on the kinds of key product and strategic matters that most impact Tesla's long-term growth and profitability, end quote. Uh, as I mentioned, this is going to be voted on by shareholders on February 7th. I think it's awesome for everyone, including any Tesla fan who may have had some concerns that Elon might leave after the Model 3 successfully launches and gets the ramp sorted out and all that. So that, that will not be happening. He is going to be sticking around, provided this gets approved. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and by the way, if if that situation did arise where there was a Elon installed a CEO below him that reported to him, I would have to think that J.B. Straubel would be the front runner for that, just keeping it internal. Uh, and that would, that would certainly be the choice that would most comfort me as, a, as someone who wants to see Tesla continue to do well and continue to succeed. But for now, things, of course, will continue as is, assuming this compensation package is approved. I mean, you remember, too, that the, the secret master plan part de covers the next 10 years of the company. So this essentially, this package proposal would keep Elon around long enough to hopefully check off all of those Secret Master Plan Part Due items, which if, and if, he, if he's able to do that, if he and the company are able to do that, that's going to go a long way towards achieving those valuation goals to get him his uh, his full compensation package payout. So we'll keep an eye on that on February 7th when that vote is happening. Next this week, I, uh, I debated whether I should do this, but I'm going to talk about this. So, and I, the reason is I want to just remind you about what Tesla is continually up against in the world. Uh, I want to show you the latest example or tell you about the latest example of FUD. That, of course, being fear, uncertainty, and doubt. This time, it's coming not from a, a short seller or, a, you know, uh, 
any sort of smaller time uh, entity out there, but from a major media company, CNBC, put out a report uh, that's so breaking. Tesla employees say to expect more Model 3 delays, citing inexperienced workers and manual assembly of batteries. What happened was, when CNBC put that report out this week, Tesla shares fell a decent bit, which, uh, what, what was interesting about this, the report, this so-called report, was discussing something that was happening in December, which we all already know about. It's January now, of course, it's almost February. In fact, when some of you listen to this, maybe it is February. And that information isn't even relevant anymore. That's, that's uh, the next thing here. But anyway, so that stock dip came on the heels of what had been a heck of a rally for Tesla stock. It had been, it had been rallying for most of the early part of 2018 here. The stock had even hit, it, uh, it closed out over uh, at about 350 at one point this week before this story broke. Uh, and as Electrek notes, CNBC put out a, a follow-up tweet after the stock took a hit, basically patting themselves on the back saying on Twitter, uh, on the, again, this is CNBC, Tesla shares drop to session low. Tesla employees say to expect more Model 3 delays citing inexperienced workers manual assembly of batteries. So let's get this straight. CNBC puts out a suspect report on Model 3 production. The shares fall. And then they as I said, pat themselves on the back by publicly following up the story to say shares fell after our report. Uh, that's, you know, if that's making you scratch your head a little bit, you're not alone. I was doing the same thing. Now, Tesla doesn't always respond to these, as we well know, because they, they never get anything else done if they replied to this stuff all day long. But we do also know that from time to time, when Tesla feels the need to, they will, as the kids say, clap back. Uh, and they, in fact, did on this. Here is their clearly not happy about this reply. They issued a statement saying, I'm not going to read you the entire thing because it's actually pretty long, but I'm going to read you a chunk of it. They say, uh, this is an extremely misinformed and misleading article. To be absolutely clear, we are on track with the previous projections for achieving increased Model 3 production rates that we provided earlier this month. As has been well documented, until we reach full production, by definition, some elements of the production process will be more manual. This is something Elon and JB discussed extensively on our Q3 earnings call, and it has no impact on the quality or safety of the batteries we're producing. As noted in our Q4 deliveries release during the fourth quarter, quote, we made major progress addressing Model 3 production bottlenecks with our production rate increasing significantly towards the end of the quarter, end quote. And then uh, I'm going to skip some, and then the, the next part of the statement that I want to read to you is a couple more paragraphs, starting with this. As for the assertion about cells touching in Model 3 batteries, because that was, that was another part of it, they were saying that the cells were potentially dangerous because of the way the packs were made, as for the assertion about cells touching in Model 3 batteries, this is extremely misleading and displays a complete lack of basic knowledge about how our, bat how our batteries work. 
Every battery in a Tesla vehicle has thousands of cells, the vast majority of which are at the same voltage potential as neighboring cells. Hypothetically, even if two cells of the same voltage potential were touching, there would be absolutely zero impact, safety or otherwise, it would be as if two neutral pieces of metal touched. Despite this fact, all Model 3 battery modules' cell positions are measured twice in manufacturing to verify process control and quality of outgoing parts. Conversely, if at any point in the production process cells are touching at different voltage potentials, they cannot be electrically interconnected. Over the course of the production process, we conduct three different tests to ensure the right number of cells are electrically connected in Model, uh, more, yes, model 3 modules. Pardon me. Additionally, the long-term reliability of cell position is something validated through testing, including shock and vibration, and high temperature and humidity testing, as well as thermal cycling endurance testing throughout design via sampling and via sampling in production. All of this testing is designed to prevent touching cells from being installed in any of our vehicles, including Model 3. Finally, the safety aspects of our module design would continue to function even in the presence of touching cells, so the concerns raised are further unfounded. I'm just going to finish up here. I promise this is almost done. These false claims are being made even though we have a proven history of making the safest vehicles on the road, with Model S and Model X receiving five-star safety ratings not only overall, but in every subcategory. Although not yet tested by the NHTSA, Model 3 has been designed and internally tested to have the same result. Data from NHTSA's testing shows that Model S and Model X have the two lowest probability of injury scores in the history of NHTSA testing. Furthermore, over billions of miles of actual driving, Tesla's, ve Tesla's vehicles have been roughly five times less likely to experience a fire than a conventional gasoline vehicle. In light of these facts, it's preposterous to suggest that a company as committed to safety as Tesla would allow untested or unsafe batteries to go in our vehicles, end quote. Well, maybe all of this is a coincidence and it's nothing. It was just a... A, re a bad report that shouldn't have happened, and maybe CNBC will even issue a retraction. They have not, by the way, as of uh, my recording time. You know, but maybe, just a, maybe somebody high up enough at CNBC is shorting Tesla. Yeah, that's so. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe there's a short <laughs> sitting high up in CNBC. Those are the opposite ends of the possibility spectrum here, but more likely than not, the truth is somewhere in between. Like I said, I, I almost skipped this story this week because I've kind of figured A, maybe it was a little boring, uh, and B, it, it would be just done and over with and more or less irrelevant by the time you heard this podcast, and maybe it is. But again, given Tesla's very forceful response to this, and given how you guys hear me talk about FUD from time to time, I just, I wanted to make sure to give you an example of how Tesla is still battling this on a regular basis, even here in 2018, after the Model S has been proven time and again to be the greatest car in the world over the last uh, five going into its sixth year now. So that is that with CNBC. Two more quick items here. First of all, uh, this is a note 
a regional note for Wisconsin friends. A bill is on the table uh, in your state, in Wisconsin, that would allow Tesla to sell direct to consumers. So obviously, uh, we, meaning all of us, are probably very much in favor of this bill passing. Here's the, here's the uh, email that was forwarded to me. This is an email from Tesla, by the way. Great news, the Brooks-Kapenga bill was scheduled for a hearing on Tuesday, January 30th from 7.45 a.m. to 4 p.m. As a reminder, this important legislation would allow Tesla to open stores and create new jobs in Wisconsin. We hope you can join us. Your voice needs to be heard by your legislator, who is a key decision maker at the hearing, end quote. That was an email from Tesla forwarded to me from listener Kevin in Eagle, Wisconsin. Thank you very much, Kevin, for sending this in. Uh, and what's interesting is, you know, again, Kevin forwarded me, this was an email from Tesla that they sent to him. So I really like seeing that Tesla themselves is putting an effort to get its own grassroots support going in support of these bills, uh, in States around the country. So, uh, love seeing Tesla reach, be proactive, get their supporters, their customers fired up about it. Uh, and hopefully, maybe we can do our small part here on this podcast. To any of my Wisconsin listeners, if you might be able to make that hearing, please, I, I very much encourage you to do so. And finally this week, before we move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline and hear from you guys on the, uh, in the phones, I want to mention that uh, February 7th date again, that happens to be the date that Tesla has set for the Q4 earnings call, that is when it's going to happen February 7th. So uh, mark your calendars. Look for my analysis of that earnings call, as usual, with all of the best sound bites from Elon and the Tesla executive team. That is going to be happening. So it'll be two shows from now. This is episode 130. Look for that on episode 132. Those are those episodes. I always have to budget more time in the week to, to make those. They take a lot longer to put together, but I always, I'm always really excited to put those shows out because I feel like they're, they're very dense. They're always packed with good information. So uh, they're just they're fun for me to make, even though they do take a little bit more. And hopefully, they're fun for you to listen to. All right, as uh, Daisy the boxer puppy drinks up, that's actually not a bad idea. I'm gonna take a quick break, grab a swig of water, and be right back with the Ride the Lightning Hotline right after this. Thanks for sticking around for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your time to shine here on the podcast each and every week. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic, this is the time where we go through it. I encourage you to call in, share those questions, comments, and discussion topics. Uh, You can give a call toll-free anytime. Just leave a message on the Ride the Lightning Hotline. That number is 1-888-888. 989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. You can also just record something using the voice memo recorder built into your smartphone and just email me that recording. The email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Of course, the Ride the Lightning hotline is kindly provided by Life on Record. 
Com. So if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. Those recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. I think we've got, let's see, I believe it's uh, four or five questions queued up and ready to go here in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Let's kick it off with Andy in Louisville, uh, who wants to talk wheels model three wheels so andy you're on the air hey ryan this is andy from louisville kentucky i had a question about the model three maybe you could answer it for me so remember back when uh the tesla executive i'm not sure who it was said that the aero wheels uh can add up to 10 percent range on the model three and i haven't heard anything else about that since then and i was wondering if the 310 mile range estimation and the 220 mile for the standard battery i wonder if that's including the 10% range that the aero wheels um, give or potentially can give to it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it doesn't. I'm thinking the those 220 and 310 mile uh, range estimations are with just the standard wheels on it. And I'm thinking that the aero wheels will add up to, could add up to 10% to that. So technically that would make the aero wheels on the long range uh, model three uh, the the range estimation would be about 340 miles, which would be more than any of the Model S's right now, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. So that's kind of interesting. I know it won't probably get the 10% all the time and may not even get the 10%. It's probably more like 5% if I had to say. But um, that was just interesting. I never heard, I mean, I haven't heard anything about that since uh, I, saw, I saw that in the news going around in the headlines. So uh, I was wondering if you had any more information about that or what your thoughts on uh, thoughts are about that. Uh, thanks for the show. Uh, keep up the great work. Well, Andy, interestingly enough, I couldn't actually find a definitive answer to this. And believe me, I did look. I spent a while on this. Uh, here's the thing, though. What I can tell you is Tesla states that the long-range battery is good for a 310-mile range. The EPA says it's 334. So Tesla is, if anything, playing it very conservative. I'm not 100% sure why that is. Probably it's just to cover their own backsides in case people in real-world driving conditions, maybe they're lead foots, maybe they live in a place with crazy elevation changes or headwinds, whatever it is, uh, you know, maybe that's, that's to, to sort of a little CYA on that one. But I'd suspect that the 334 is with the 18-inch arrows and the 310 is with the 19-inch sport or stiletto wheels. Here's something a little more factual. I wanted to dig into this and give you something uh, concrete. So uh, what I found is Robert Palin, he was the head of aerodynamics at Tesla up until recently. He actually explained the benefits of the aero wheels in a Facebook post recently. He said, quote, I was the head of aero at Tesla for Model S, Model X, and Model 3, and I can confirm that wheel design and size can be the biggest influence of all on the aero efficiency of a road car. The aero, meaning he's talking, of course, aerodynamics, the aero design and chassis teams put a huge amount of effort into these wheels, meaning the 18-inch aero wheels, and they do really work. Uh, it looks like, by the way, that most of the benefit that Robert's talking about comes at highway speeds because he explained, quote, the aero benefit increases very strongly with speed 
as the power requirement to overcome arrow resistances increases with the cube of speed, i.e. if you go twice as fast, you use eight times the power. That said, arrow is a small percentage at city speeds where mass and rolling resistance dominate. The two-part design of the arrow wheels allows the underlying rim to be super light, which will also help in the lower speed stuff. Uh, and by the way, so, uh, while we're just on this subject, Robert was not done. He says that the arrow wheels weren't originally the dark gray color. That's interesting. So listen to this. He says, quote, the skeleton wheel underneath is still alloy, but the shape comes entirely from strength and mass optimization, the hard work of a talented Canadian engineer named Steve. The color was also originally a bright silver, but the dark gray was preferred by the powers that be, which he uh, sort of, I think, playfully puts in, uh, it capitalizes it as if it's a proper name. Uh, the, uh, the dark ray was preferred by the powers that be, parentheses, not by me. So I have to presume that he's talking about, if not Franz there, quite possibly Elon himself. But anyway, Annie, I hope that, it, that explains things a bit for you and gives you some sort of uh, better idea of what the arrows do uh, and the benefits that they have. Next up, Ron from Nashville wanted to follow up on configuring his Model 3 and what his thought process is there. So let's see if we can help Ron out. Ron, take it away. Hey, Ryan. It's Ron from Nashville with a follow-up commentary on configuring. Um, I actually logged in um, today on my account and was pleasantly surprised to see that I could configure. Um, but... The unfortunate thing, I was excited to, to, you know, click on the premium package, pick the dark blue color. Um, unfortunately, when it came time for the interior, the first edition premium package only is black. And that is something that is definitely a showstopper for us. Um, black is just too hot in the summer. Uh, even with tinted windows uh, for us. So um, I'm going to have to, you know, delay now. Um, on And so just a follow-up for the configuration. Um, with the configuration, it would have been, I could have done it today, and it would have been a four-week delivery. So um, obviously it would have been a delivery date of February, but um, now it's, it's pushed out till um, I believe it still says holding for a February spot. So I'm not sure if that means I'll be invited to configure a non-first edition with a different interior that will come relatively soon, which is what I'm hoping. Um, but... If not, it looks like we're going to have to wait. And then, unfortunately, um, you know, the tax credit hopefully will still be available as the full tax credit if, um, you know, to get the color or the interior color that we want. So just wanted to follow up because I know I told you we hadn't been invited to configure just last week, and now um, we have in, in Nashville as current owners. So 
looking forward to it. And um, again, love your show and have a good day. I totally understand your decision, Ron, but I just want to point out three things. One of which you almost certainly factored into your decision already, but the other two that maybe, just maybe, you have not thought about. First of all, the one you already know about since you already have a Tesla. You're concerned about the heat in a black interior car, but just a friendly reminder that you can, of course, use the Tesla app to pre-cool the interior of the car before you get into it. So that's always uh, a thing to keep in mind and remember. It's going to be a lot more uh, relevant of a reminder for those of us who will be coming over from internal combustion engine cars who've never owned a Tesla before and where that will be a totally new concept and a totally new thing to us. But uh, So there's that. The second thing on this subject is uh, to let you know that just since you may not yet have seen the car in person yourself, I wanted to just pass along this observation from having the good fortune to do that myself, is that uh, the interior, it's actually a bit more of a charcoal than a jet black. That may or may not change your thought process at all, but again, just wanted to pass that along to you in case, it's, uh, in case it does influence your decision at all. And the third thing, which I'm reasonably sure you probably have thought about, but just, just want to remind you, just remember the tax credit situation. We have no ETA on ultra-white interior. None yet, unfortunately. And that federal tax credit phase-out is almost certainly going to trigger either this quarter or the next one. So if you wait too long, it may end up being a $3,750 decision for you. And that that may be totally fine with you, and you may have already considered that and the other things I mentioned. But again, just uh, just some friendly food for thought as you make what is what is obviously a really big decision. Buying a car is always a really, really big decision. So, Ron, thanks for calling in, and keep me updated on what you end up doing. Next this week, Kenny from Virginia calls in and wants to talk about that trophy system that Elon was talking about on Twitter, the sup- visiting superchargers and getting uh, sort of digital trophies in your Tesla profile. Kenny, you're on the air. Uh, hey, Ryan, what's going on? This is Kenny calling in from Virginia again. Look, man, uh, I just wanted to note real quick my feelings on the trophy system. I love the idea of a trophy system for visiting superchargers in different areas. But the only thing I'm concerned about with that whole idea is, doesn't Tesla not technically want you to use the superchargers as often as you use, say, destination chargers or charge at your home? I remember hearing a podcast a little while back that you mentioned something about that, and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Anyway, love the podcast, man. Keep doing an awesome job. Loving the content. Uh, Really, really look forward to your podcast every week, man. Keep up the good work. Kenny, thank you so much for those kind words. I really appreciate that. And you bring up a really good topic. Yes, you are remembering correctly that Tesla wants people to not rely on the superchargers. But that is the key word, rely. In the early days, some people would abuse them if they happened to live close enough. Now, Tesla has, of course, started charging for the super use of the superchargers, including on every single 
Model 3, as, as many of us know. And they have, as I, I did the story recently, they banned all future commercial use of uh, of Teslas on the supercharger network, sort of liveries kind of thing. Uh, uh, so there is that to keep in mind. Uh, I think the trophy system, though, can still encourage and reward the zero-emission electric vehicle travel wholeheartedly because there are now these other systems in place that I just mentioned to prevent the abuse of that network. So there you go. Kenny, thanks for the call. Got uh, two more calls left to go here this week. The next one comes to us from Sam in New York. You're on the air, Sam. And it's Sam from New York. Uh, just call it in. I've had some questions I've been dying to ask. It's been a while. So my first question is about the Tesla redesigns that you talked about a couple weeks back, maybe even a few weeks back, and about the Model S and X eventually coming to a redesign. When Tesla eventually does redesign the Model X and S, what will happen to the current ones that we have now? Will they be discontinued or will the prices be slashed because they're older models and now become obsolete? What do you think? Just want to hear your thoughts on that. And as for Model 3, you know, I would like to get one eventually, but I I need a house for that. You know, I need to install the home charger and everything. But what do you think might be the monthly estimate uh, for the payment of the Model 3? I go, I've looked everywhere and I can't seem to find any like concrete answers. Hope to hear your thoughts. Thanks for calling in, Sam. To answer your second question first, the monthly payment on a Model 3 is going to vary wildly depending on a whole bunch of variables. How much is your loan? What's your loan rate? How long is the term of your loan? So it could be, obviously it could be anything, but to make this a little bit more constructive of an answer for you, Uh, I would suggest go to Google and just type in car loan calculator. And what that's going to do is it's going to give you a tool that you can play with with each of those variables to see what your payment might look like depending on, uh, again, each of those variables and what those are in your specific current situation. As to your first question about what is going to become of the current Model S and Model X whenever that redesign does happen, that of course I predicted at the uh, on my last show of 2017. Those cars are no doubt going to be discontinued immediately. The ones that haven't been sold yet, and then the uh, I would s- expect that the inventory cars will get an extra discount in order to get them cleared out and get the redesigned cars in there. From there, I would think that the, those cars are likely to see, the, the, the pre-redesigned cars are likely to see their resale values take a bit of a hit depending on how much better the redesigned cars are in terms of the features and the specifications. There, what I'm very confident of is that there are going to be some good deals to be had on the current version for sure once the, once the redesign is announced and they're trying to clear out uh, the the current versions. Thanks for calling in, Sam. Let's wrap it up with our friend Mike in Charlottesville, who has a cold weather question that uh, I will see if I can help him out with it. Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Mike from Charlottesville again. So, this had me thinking, being that it's in the winter time, 
last year my uh, windshield wiper line froze, so I used it when it was before my car heated up, and um, the line froze, and I couldn't use my windshield wipers. So I know Teslas obviously do not have a, an engine in the front, well, not an ICE engine. So in the winter months, do you know how that line or how it heats up to prevent the line from freezing? You know, if you don't know, maybe one of the listeners does. So uh, I want to see what you thought about it. Thanks. Bye. Great to hear from you, as always, Mike. And uh, as you guys know, I am not afraid to ask for help when I need it. And I'm going to need to ask the audience on this one. Uh, I have, of course, neither my own Tesla, nor do I live in a climate where freezing windshield wiper lines happen. So uh, the what I can tell you, I went and just double-checked this. The Model S and the Model X have heated windshield washer nozzles on the premium upgrades package, if you get that. The Model 3, even on its premium package, premium upgrades package, does not have that. It's got heated uh, interior materials, but nothing heated on the exterior, at least no, certainly not the windshield washer nozzles. So there doesn't seem to be a hardware solution in place for this on Model 3, but perhaps your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners might be able to have some insight here, uh, even if not on a Model 3, how uh, the S and the X perform in the kind of conditions you're referring to. Thanks so much, Mike, and thanks for everybody calling in, which uh, I remind you, you can do anytime you want. Either record your question on your smartphone and send me the file at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call the Ride the Lightning hotline and leave a message anytime, 24-7. It's a toll-free number, and the number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back to wrap everything up for you right after this. Before I go, I want to mention this might be the last couple of days that you can get the free unlimited lifetime supercharging if you happen to be buying a Model S or Model X. Uh, It remains to be seen whether or not Tesla will continue the referral program uh, as it has gone on for the last couple of years or so, but uh, we probably won't know until basically the end of January to see if they extend it and, and or you know, modify it at all. But if you happen to be uh, purchasing an S or an X imminently, please go ahead and use my cousin Patrick's referral code. Get yourself the free unlimited lifetime supercharging on your new S or X, and you will get uh, me the entered into a drawing to win a P100D. But more importantly, I think I think we only need one more referral. I really want to get my cousin Pat, who's been so good to me over the years, uh, the Powerwall. I believe I think we're one short of the power wall. But anyway, we'll see what happens. That referral code, if you do want to use it, it's Patrick5008. So you can either give that to a sales advisor if you're speaking to someone on the phone or in person, or if you're ordering your car online, just type in in your web browser ts.la slash Patrick5008, and that will take you to the Tesla Design Studio with that. Uh, free unlimited lifetime supercharging baked into it already. If you are picking up an S or an X or a three and you're picking it up in the Bay area or maybe even at the factory, 
you may want to consider getting that beautiful new car protected. Either new car delivery prep, maybe paint correction, maybe some ceramic coating, maybe some paint protection film, maybe all of that. Uh, whatever you want to do, check out Immaculate Reflections. They are the Bay Area's premier detailing solution with 16 years of experience. They are located in Brentwood, California, not too far from the Tesla factory. They will make your car look better than new and then keep it looking new for many, many years with their uh, protection services. Uh, Abstract Ocean. The puddle lights continue to fly off of the shelves, but they've got a ton of other fun stuff and a lot of new products on the way too. So uh, be sure to keep checking in there to see what's new for the Teslas and what's new for you, like uh, accessories and things that uh, you can own and wear. So visit abstractocean.com. And if you're a first time customer there, you can use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 20% off of your first order. I want to sincerely thank the Patreon producers, the extraordinarily kind folks who pledge $20 or more per month in order to help support my efforts on this podcast. Uh, let me read them from back back to front, from newest to oldest this time. We've got Rome Strack, Michael Callahan, Kenneth Martin, Harold Plug, Peter Chalet, Orion Coates, Lars Hoffman, Lee Sweet, Marcus Mayenshine, Tim Hyde, Sean Fournier, Richard Ouellette, Emotion Rentals, Jason Chalukas, John Lasher, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Matthew Para, Logan Willis, Michael O'Prey, Lisa Kaz, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, DJ Harbaugh, Paul Hussey, and Jeff Bartram. Thank you all so much. If you would like to consider supporting my efforts here on this podcast, please take a look at the Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. All one word. And that wraps it up. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan if you're interested in the tweets. They're there for you. Uh, and then the show is now on Spotify, which is pretty cool. If you're a Spotify user, you can get this podcast on there. You can also subscribe to it on just about all the other major podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, or you can pick up individual episodes or the RSS feed at the hosting website, which is Tesla Podcast dot libsyn.com libsyn spelled l-i-b-s-y-n that wraps it up i want to thank everybody as always for entrusting me with uh let's see what's going to amount to i think around an hour of your time this week your time is extremely valuable and i am grateful that you would uh you would give me uh any of it let alone an hour of it so thank you all so much happy electric motoring and i'll see you next week